0: Fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is September 20th, 2021. In our first story, violent riots and protests erupt around the world as people say no to COVID lockdowns and vaccine mandates. But the mandates are getting worse. University of Arizona, they're saying, you know what, regardless of vaccination, you now have to get tested every week. And this will continue. But people are standing up. So we'll see if it succeeds. In our next story, a creepy cult video showing people worshiping effectively Pfizer and Moderna with their hands in the air at a Kaiser Chiefs concert saying, yay, Pfizer, we have clean hands, clean hands. I think I'm exaggerating. Wait till you hear this one. In our last story, the U.S. southern border is effectively gone and the republic is over. May seem like an exaggeration, but laws are being decreed and the rules are broken. Now, if you like the show, leave a good review and give us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. Shocking videos from around the world over the weekend as people are actively resisting vaccine mandates and covid lockdowns. The most significant is in Australia. Australia where you see a massive mob of people burst through a police line, cops being knocked down. And if you look at this video closely, you can see there was someone they're calling Australian Rambo beating police now, not like actively stomping on them, but just grabbing them slamming to the ground, running over, putting someone in a headlock and dropping them. These people are done playing games. Now, a lot of people have pointed out that Australians don't have guns, and I I think that's a totally different argument. It's about culture. It's about willpower. And what we're starting to see is that the people are not tolerating what's happening. Now, this is not necessarily a good thing. We don't want to see violence. It usually, well, it could exacerbate the problem. You see, right now, in many of these countries, especially here in the US, we are divided fairly evenly, two distinct cultures, 74 million, 80 million, whatever number you want to use. So when one side gets violent, regular people who are the majority uninitiated say, we need more authoritarianism. And this is a big risk. In a podcast with Glenn Beck, Brett Brett Weinstein and Heather Hine were talking about this. and And Glenn Beck said it could come from the right, because if one side gets too crazy, the people will beg, save us. And then the right could come in with more authoritarianism, something I've talked about quite a bit. Well, my friends, the night is uh, always darkest before the dawn. It is always darkest before the dawn. We have this tweet from Michael Tracy, which I want to read before I get into the resistance we're seeing around the world. Something you need to understand about what people are resisting. Michael Tracy said, University of Arizona is requiring vaccinated students submit to surveillance testing, even though Governor Doug Ducey issued an order limiting such testing only for significant outbreaks which, of course, is so vague as to be meaningless. Many find one case to be significant. In this email we see from the University of Arizona, they say, Dear Blank, Redacted, In consultation with the Pima County Health Department and the Arizona Department of Health Services, the university is requiring all students in Pueblo de la Cienega to get tested based on current public health conditions. You are required to test weekly regardless of your vaccination status. Until public health conditions improve, you will be notified when weekly testing is no longer required. Please schedule your first test as soon as possible. I know it, it, uh, it's, almost, it's basically beating a dead horse, but are you paying attention yet? Most of you probably already saw this coming. Some of you may be confused. I don't understand what's happening, Tim. What is this? Well, first they said you got to wear your mask. Then they said if, you, if once everyone gets vaccinated, no more masks. Then they said, even if you're vaccinated, you got to wear a mask. Then they said, we must protect the vaccinated from the unvaccinated. Then they said, either get vaccinated or you must undergo weekly testing. And how many people kept saying, fine. And now what are we hearing? At least at one university, they're saying, you got the vaccine. Well, you know what? Weekly testing anyway. At a certain point, the water will boil over. The seal will break. The pressure will be too much. And they're doing it gradually, but actually rather quickly. I mean, think about it. Biden even said you can get vaccinated or you can get weekly testing. How long until they say it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated, everyone must get weekly testing because we're seeing it here. University of Arizona already. So perhaps this is it. Now they're going to do it. And I got to be honest, it was predictable. I mean, I said this a month ago. When these workplaces say either get tested or get a vaccine, but breakthrough cases are possible, albeit more rare than your standard COVID infection, well, shouldn't everyone get tested regardless? Yeah, it didn't quite make sense. We knew this was coming. So what are we going to see? Oh, I'll show you. We are going to see people say no. From timcast.com. Now, before we get started, make sure you subscribe, become a member at timcast.com, go to the members only section, sign up, help support our fierce and independent journalism, and you'll get access to exclusive members only podcast episodes of the Timcast IRL podcast that go up Monday through Thursday. And we've got a handful of new shows in production. We should be seeing some of these uh, new shows launch very, very soon. So make sure you stay tuned for all this. But regardless, when you become a member, you get an ad-free experience. You're supporting our work. And if you think it's important, please do so. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this video with your friends. If you think what I'm talking about is important, you think people need to hear this stuff, then I am asking you to help spread the word by taking that URL right now, posting it wherever you can. And if everybody did that right now, we'd be bigger than the mainstream media overnight. To be honest, we're already beating network cable news in the key demo. But they're getting YouTube to prop their content up free of charge. We don't have that power. Let's read the first story about Australia. But wait till you see the wave of stories around the world, because you may have seen this one, but let's get started. Countless Australians took to the streets of Sydney, Melbourne and other cities over the weekend in defiance of the government government's draconian lockdown orders mandating over 80 percent of the entire population to remain in their homes. At least 300 people were arrested for violating the prohibition on covid protests. Australia's police arrested 235 people in Melbourne and 32 people in Sydney on Saturday at unsanctioned anti lockdown rallies and several police officers were injured in the clashes with police clashes with protesters, reports Reuters. About 700 people managed to gather in parts of Melbourne as 2000 officers made the city center virtually a no go zone, setting up checkpoints and barricades Public transport and ride shares into the city were suspended, adds the global news agency. Avi Yemini covered what was going down with CFMEU members when they turned on their union over COVID restrictions and, and vaccine mandates. Chaos, violence. And what did the, what did the, what did the union say? Far right violence. I want to pause. There's a lot to go through. A lot of people pointing out this video where you can see people slamming into police, people in police in Australia going around to people's houses because they had posted about protests telling them they're not allowed to go. Crowds of protesters stretch from the beginning to the end of George Street in Brisbane, chanting my body, my choice and wake up, Australia, as the protest against COVID vaccination masks and future lockdowns continues. Now, in the United States, we have a First Amendment, which was trampled on and completely violated. During the last year's lockdowns, Cuomo banned people from going to church. Protests were targeted and maligned in the media, but that First Amendment stood strong. As for shutting down churches, the the police were enforcing it anyway. Take a look at what's happening in Australia. You want to defend the police? Let me tell you something. The good cops, the ones that you've defended for these past several years in the face of these riots, many of them have either resigned or are not enforcing the orders. Here's the big problem. We've already seen enough police in the United States to enforce draconian edict. And that's that's all that matters. So what are you supposed to do now? We can sit back and say at least some cops won't enforce it. But what do you do to the cops who do? What about the police in the Pacific Northwest who protect Antifa? And they've done it on several occasions. I hope you're paying attention and you don't just sit back and say back the blue, baby, because sooner or later, the blues boot will be on your neck. And they'll say, comply. I find it funny. For a long time, I and many others said when it comes to police interactions, don't resist, just comply, deal with it in the courts. And that was true only to a certain threshold. When we're dealing with the law, we're dealing with a cop who may be mistaken at a small scale. You're not going to win fighting with them in the streets. And truth be told, in this instance, I don't think it's necessarily going to solve the problem, but far be it for me to tell people in Australia how to live their lives. I just think violence is wrong. But I'll say this. It's not about saying ignore, like, you know, just comply with cops all the time when we're talking about Black Lives Matter. And you see a video of someone screaming and fighting or resisting cops as they're being detained. You wonder why they didn't just say, here's my ID. In fact, there's a video of an ATF agent who refused to just show his badge. He starts arguing with the cops, resisting, and they say, stop resisting. He could have just been like, yep, put his hands behind his back. The cops would have checked his pocket and said, sorry about that. But he fought with them. That's what we mean when we say, just comply. The cops had their guns thrown at the guy, for heaven's sake.
1: You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills. The dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more. All for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now.
0: Now, when we're talking about overt tyranny, where the police are violating law and rule by edict, well, then... Something's something changes, and there's a difference there. Now, again, I still believe that the courts are the right way to go about dealing with this. But at this point, at least for the United States, I can't, again, I can't speak for Australia. And again, not a fan of the violence. It's it's going to be up to Australians to figure out what they do. I still think the solution, for the most part, is peaceful, persuasive, and nonviolent resistance. So, you know, I see these people charging through the police line. I don't like these cops. I still think a lot more would have been done if all of those people just went to work. I mean, seriously, just go about their daily business. And I think passive nonviolent resistance is the way to do it. Why? This video, these videos are being used as propaganda. And more and more, the media is trying to make it seem like, oh, no, look at these police. They're being attacked. And you know what? They are. And of course, the police are just following orders. I don't accept that as an excuse. But in in this instance, we have to recognize there's there's a real challenge in morality where we draw the line on how we actively resist. In the video of the police breaking, of the people breaking through the police line, watching that man actually beat cops, I think it's just outright wrong. It's going to be used as propaganda. It's going to be used as an excuse to bolster the police forces. And it's going to scare these people who are incorrectly, who are propagandized about what's going on with COVID. I don't have all the answers, my friends. I don't. But I certainly think if you have a massive people, nonviolent, peaceive, and passive resistance, you can win because the only way they go about doing this is by straining themselves desperately trying to lock everything down. But there actually is one simple solution because I don't have the answers in this regard. Get out of the cities. That's about it, because they're going to keep these things locked down. They have more than enough people and more than enough force to resist. You have to figure it out, man. I, I really just don't know. But let me show you this. In Victoria, according to the Financial Review, they've closed down the construction industry because of rioting. The Andrews government has shut down the construction industry for two weeks in response to violent protests outside of CFMEU headquarters against vaccine mandates coming into effect this week. Now, if you're not familiar, that is the Construction, Forestry, Maritime, Mining, and Energy Union in Melbourne, Australia, with 144,000 members. They say the master builders, Victoria following high level talks with state government ministers, advised employer members late Monday night that all construction sites in lockdown metro and regional areas will be shut down from Tuesday. It is punishment from draconian despots who are ruling by decree. These are dark days, my friends. You know, I've thought about it. Um, This is why I brought this up in the beginning. You think that violence will save you? It won't. You know why? As Glenn Beck pointed out, Eventually, the chaos consumes regular people who beg, save us, and either from the left or the right, you will get police state response. That's why you need to make sure if this is what I refer to as a Chinese finger trap problem, you don't just try and pull as hard as you can in anger with an emotional response. See, when it comes to the finger trap, you have to push in. Then your fingers come out very easily. Sometimes the answers seem counterintuitive, or we must resist that emotional response. I don't believe we're in an era where violence works, and I think we have to actively resist that. Imagine if these union members sat down and just blocked the door. That's what the left does. Now, of course, the left also has Antifa, but the media protects them. Don't believe you can get away with what the left can get away with because they control the media institutions to a great degree, particularly on YouTube. But imagine if every construction worker just stopped showing up for work. Imagine if every trucker just said no. And in truth be told, the truckers are the ones who hold the keys. Now, here's one other consideration. I actually think that the reality is they want the economy to collapse. It's a great reset. They, they don't want recovery. At least in Australia, they're making it impossible to do anything. Maybe that's the real issue. They go to mention 500 anti-vaccination protesters attacking the construction, forestry, maritime, mining, and energy union's Victorian branch in Carleton over eight hours in ugly scenes that saw some abusing the state secretary, John Setka, throwing bottles and crates at his officials and smashing the union's front doors. I oppose this 100 percent, 100 percent. And I say this all the time. When you see Antifa out on the streets smashing things. Take a look at the popularity of Black Lives Matter. It collapsed following the riots. They had a massive amount of support, the highest support they'd ever seen after the George Floyd incident. And they decided to riot. And now their, their popularity, their approval rating is below where it was even in January of 2020. It has gone down significantly. What do you think is going to happen when people see videos of people smashing windows and throwing bricks? This is not the way. Violence. We are not in that era. And you know what? A lot of people this is the craziest thing to me. I'll tell you what's crazy is people say Tim Poole keeps telling everyone to resist and stand up. But when they, when they actually try to, he criticizes them. You're an, You know what, man? That, 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 that's the most infuriating thing I've ever heard. I am saying stand up, bullhorn, Hold hands in the streets, block the doors, nonviolent, peaceful resistance. The left does it all day. It works. We've seen the studies showing it works. It creates news stories which create popular opinion. Violence doesn't. Riots scare people who then beg for more draconian lockdowns. Take a look at what happened last weekend. If you're not familiar, there was a J6 Rally, a rally for the defendants from January 6th. Barely anybody showed up. Trump supporters across the board were saying, don't show up. It's a Fed event. It's a trap. And I'm like, huh, amazing. While they're actively trying to get people to avoid traps, when I say don't fall for the trap of violence, it's a trick. People say, oh, how dare you, Tim? Pay attention to the world we live in. Black Lives Matter support in the gutter because people hate it. It's scary. And whenever there's violence, they say, help, help, help. And they get it. Black Lives Matter hurt themselves very much so. Here's where things get interesting. Take a look at this statement from CFMEU. They say CFMMEU condemns far right extremist violence. They say that they condemn in the strongest possible terms, the attack on the CFMEU Victorian branch and, and the mindless acts of violence perpetrated by members of the mob. The crowd was heavily infiltrated by neo-Nazis and other right-wing extremist groups, and it is clear that a minority of those who participated were actual union members. Such a lie. We thank the officials, delegates, and -and rank-and-file members of the union who came to protect their office and and their officials. We thank officials, members with the the construction unions, blah, blah, blah. The union will continue to defend its members' rights. No, I'm sorry. The reality is y'all have been sold out. In a video from Avi Yemeni, chaos, he says CFMEU members turned on their union there's video of this. These are union members, unless they think it's a grand conspiracy. And all of these people who look like construction workers wearing outfits were part of some grand conspiracy. People are starting to stand up and push back, and there's some promise there, but there needs to be strategy. strategy. There needs to be organizational effort. The left does things that are rather clever, and honestly, I support I don't support all of their causes, but I support nonviolent civil disobedience. And when they make gains because of it, I'm like, well, there you go. And I would not be surprised if when violence does break out, you have leftist infiltrators, just like you have government infiltrators on the left sometimes, too. You need to understand public relations. A lot of people don't get it. They're just angry. These anti people go out and they break a Starbucks window. And Why? Do you think Starbucks cares? Do you think Starbucks is going to be like, oh, no, we lost a thousand dollars because our window broke? I don't care. But I'll tell you who does care. The working class guy who shows up for work and they say, hey, look, we're going to have to stay closed until we get this window fixed and boarded up or something. So, you know, we're, it's going to be a couple hours till they can open. I'm sorry. You're going to lose wages on this one. And then that guy says, I don't understand why they attacked my store. This is so stupid. I'm just trying to, you know, pay my rent. Or the banks. They throw a brick through the window and some guy's making 40 grand a year working in a little office. He's just like, now there's glass all over my floor. I don't understand. You think Bank of America cares about a broken window? They don't care about a broken window. The branch manager barely cares about a broken window. But you see, these people, these leftists, they're emotional. And so they react, striking at a symbol of what they think oppresses them. For people on the right, the same is true. There needs to be organizational power. Now, the right may have anger and resistance. Which in some ways, which is many ways is a good thing. The violence is not a good thing. And while the left has anger as well, they have a media covering it up for them. Not always, but often. And they also have massive resources for organizational power. They have the National Lawyers Guild. They have the ACLU. They can do this stuff and they get people to get them to walk. Case in point, the Proud Boys in New York City, when they fought Antifa, because Antifa had surrounded their event, was harassing them. The Proud Boys decided to initiate. Fight broke out. And police came. We want statements. Antifa said no and ran away. The Proud Boys said, you got it, officer. Here's our information. And then it was like a couple days later, the cops were like, okay, you're all under arrest. Felony charges, four years in prison. That's why I'm telling you, if you are opposing the establishment, you do not have the advantages. Furthermore, the Antifa people knew not to cooperate with cops. Now they're not in prison. And the Proud Boys are. When you look at this, you need to understand this could very much ruin public support. We got more. Another weekend of protests against France's health pass restrictions from Fox. Anti-lockdown protests erupt on streets of Berlin. Here's another story. This one's from the 17th. Entire BC school district goes into lockdown after protesters enter three schools. In Australia, truck drivers vow to shut down all major highways in massive anti-lockdown protest. Here's another one. From one day ago, Times Square swarmed by hundreds protesting COVID vaccine mandate chanting F Joe Biden. Now, this one's crazy. They say thousands of protesters against mandatory vaccine gather at Times Square in New York City for the World Freedom Rally chanting freedom over fear. At the World Freedom Rally in Times Square, thousands of protesters against the mandatory shot hug each other with no fear of Corona. Protesters could be heard chanting freedom and my body, my choice. At one point, woman got on stage and told Joe Biden that she has lost her patience with him, prompting chants of F Joe Biden. The event was part of worldwide fr- rally for freedom, freedom, which took place in cities across the globe, including, including Australia, where protesters clashed with police and videos protest- protested to social media. We will push back against widespread propaganda by producing our own media and advancing our own narrative. Instead of succumbing to the one being pushed on us, we will not accept the rampant politicization of science and medicine. And we will return these institutions to being neutral sources of information for the benefit of society over government and corporate interests. A press release about Saturday's event, uh, uh, event read on the, uh, on the organizer's website. Earlier this summer, Bill de Blasio enacted a policy mandating New Yorkers who wish to, to visit public accommodation show proof of vaccination. You want to know where things start getting interesting is whether or not the populist left will, will join. Look at this one from Newsweek. Black Lives Matter protest planned at New York restaurant where brawl over vaccination proof occurred. Interesting. They say Hank Newsome, co-founder and chairman of BLM Greater New York, told the New York Times on Saturday that the group will protest against the treatment of black patrons. The plan to protest comes after new details reportedly reveal the restaurant hostess at a racial slur to a group of five black women trying to enter. I'm not entirely convinced I believe that. I mean, show me the evidence. Show me the video. But, you know far be it for me to accuse anyone of being a liar. There were three women. I believe they were all black women trying to enter a restaurant. A white hostess asked for proof of vaccination. Apparently, the story was that they showed their vaccine cards and the woman refused it. A fight broke out. Later, it came out that they said that they were called a racial slur. And, you know, I'll actually say this. It sounds a bit outlandish for a hostess to use a racial slur, It also seems strange that three women would just arbitrarily start attacking a hostess. So maybe the hostess actually said it. I got to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if some white progressive used a racial slur because they seem to think that they're entitled often. They do it all the time. Antifa screams it down the streets. I've seen it personally. But here's another thing. In a viral video, a black family is trying to eat at a restaurant when a man comes up and says, do you have proof of vaccination? The man filming, who's a black man, says we are religiously exempt. The man says, well, then you've got to leave if you don't have proof of vaccination. The guy filming says, this is segregation. Is this the country you want to live in? And some people in the restaurant yell, yes, and they cheer. Here's what I find interesting. The man filming says, you didn't ask any one of those people for proof of vaccination. And the guy at the restaurant doesn't care. So what do we have? In this story, a man filming makes the claim that the black family was singled out for proof of vaccination, and the white patrons who cheered for it weren't asked for their proof of vaccination. Now, again, I actually find that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to believe, to be honest. I've heard of so many hoax hate crimes that I'm just like, I don't even know. But I'll tell you this, I can believe it. Like that a family walked in You take a look at some of these people, and yeah, I think racism is real. I've often talked about systemic racism. I am not one of the people who thinks it doesn't exist. I think it does. I don't think it means that people are individually racist, like coming out and saying they don't like someone using racial slurs. I think it means that there are systems in place that are the remnants of racism. I don't believe the solutions the left proposes, however, which is identitarianism. No, I believe the solutions are class-based. That being said, if I heard a story about a black family filming and saying none of these people are being asked for proof of vaccination sounds plausible. I can't say for sure. I haven't seen the evidence and I don't know what to believe. So I can only say there's a, there's a problem with the vaccine mandates in that black people are disproportionately unvaccinated. And so long as that is the case, don't be surprised when you see profiling. So what I mean by that, this, this guy says at the restaurant, he knows that white people are disproportionately vaccinated, black families are less likely to be, so he singles out the black family. This is what people talk about when they talk about institutional or systemic racism, at least when they're trying to be honest with you. And I won't be surprised. The other thing I mention all the time to conservatives is, why do you keep defending liberal cities? We know that these progressive identitarian people are racist. Why would you be surprised then when a black family says this shop owner singled us out and demanded vaccine proof, but not the white people? I'll be like, sounds like New York. Let me tell you a story. In New York, there was a black cop and he was sick and tired of cops going into his neighborhood and giving tickets to people who were drinking 40s on their stoops on the stairs of their own building, hanging out. They say, drinking in public. Here's a ticket. So he went to Central Park, saw a bunch of white people drinking wine and gave them tickets and said, you're going to you going to give out uh, uh, tickets for public drinking. I'm gonna do the same thing. There's an outrage. The wealthy people in Central Park were shocked. They're having wine with a picnic. So the city punished the cop and said, don't do it again. Now It's been a while since I read that story. I believe that's the gist of it. I could be getting some of the details wrong. But when you tell me that Democrat cities are racist, I am not going to defend them and go, no, they're not. No, they're not. I'm going to be like, yeah, they are. (laughs) They literally are. It's horrible. I mean, I see what goes on in Chicago. It's horrible. Now, it's crazy. You might live in a small town in a suburban area, and you're like, I don't see the problems they're talking about. Let me tell you. Blue cities horribly run. Look what they're doing now with vax mandates. Yeah, sorry. I think the leftists in these cities are racist. I think they're overtly editarian. And I think don't be surprised when you get this. Now, will Black Lives Matter actually come out opposed to vaccine mandates? They don't know. They mentioned that uh, several women uh, were, uh, five women from Texas. Okay, so it wasn't three, it was five women assaulted a hostess. After she said that their vaccination proof cards, uh, vaccination cards were fake, but an attorney for one of the women, Keita Nakinge Rankin, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. I apologize. Described the fight as mutual combat. Rankin's lawyer, Justin Moore, said the hostess spoke condescendingly to the women as she suggested their cards were fake. The, if that's true, arrest them. What happens? No, they're racists. I think it's funny that there are so many conservatives who uh, uh, don't believe this stuff when you see it all the time in New York City. So I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. The leftists who want to impose their racist policies on everyone else because they're racist. Yeah, it's a problem. That's why I oppose them. But then when people on the right are like systemic racism, that's a lie. I'll be like, have you ever met a Democrat? <laughs> Dude, have you listened to what they say about race? That Norm Macdonald bit. Look it up. Norm McDonald with woke radio host. And then you'll understand. The hostess began spouting out derogatory comments and speaking with the two women. They claimed the N-word was being spewed out, more told the Times. They also heard the hostess say, yeah, you guys can leave my restaurant or something aggressive. When Dr. Rankin, Dr. Rankin hears that, she turns around and addresses the hostess. She tells her, this isn't your restaurant. You're just a staff member here. Please address us with respect. The restaurant's attorney, Carolyn Richmond, denied the claim, told the Times that nothing about this incident suggests race was an issue. The pandemic has added a key responsibility to the host position, ensuring the safety and health of all employees and guests by checking for proof of vaccination in compliance with New York City law. Who is this hostess to assert what is real or not real? Anyway, I don't think the answer to the problems is more race policy. That's the problem I have with these progressives and these Democrats. I think they are racist. I think New York is overwhelmingly racist. And I think their solutions to what they perceived, what they claim to be racism just creates more racist, racism and racists. That's why I don't like them. But I certainly think it exists. There are more questions here. If Black Lives Matter joins the fray and resists, it'll be big. But now we're seeing something else. Firefighters in Orange County are protesting the mandates. I have a feeling we're going to see a wave of resignations from key infrastructure jobs. When the nurses stopped showing up for work in New York, the court said, OK, you can't force nurses to get vaccinated. Uh Aha, because they know the vaccine mandates will result in people quitting in mass. What about firefighters? What about police? What about EMS? Medical workers? Yeah, I think it's entirely possible we start to see more protests, more people quitting their jobs, which brings me to the final point, the cascade failure that is the U.S. economy. I hope you're preparing for this one, my friends, because let me break it down for you. There's a story you may have heard, and there's a new one lately. A sign appeared in the door of a restaurant. It said, we all quit. We, there's only three of us. We've been working for a month straight with no days off. Interesting. Many people on the left say that's unfair that people would work so hard for so little. Good on them for quitting. Do you want to know why it is that there were only three people working full time for a month straight with no days off? Because people keep quitting. And once people start quitting, then you have no one left. In fact, one of the TimCast.com uh, team members we hired recently was working at a diner as the sole employee on the night shift, meaning they were at, they were the hostess, they were the waitstaff, they were the cook. No one else was there. And that is insane. The restaurant ask, actually asked this person to cook food, and they had never done it before. I don't know how to make a cheeseburger. There was no one else. So they quit. No, we hired them. Now, I don't know who will be filling in that night shift. So what do we start seeing? Businesses start saying, we're not open to these hours anymore. We can't staff them. Now that these people quit because they don't like the job, because they were getting free money, it's created a cascade failure. With less people working, less people have to absorb more of the work. The business can't afford it because now they're struggling to make money, and the downward spiral begins. As the job becomes more difficult and requires more from the individual workers— They quit as well. And then the business fails. And as more and more businesses fail, less and less people are working. More and more people can't get the things they want. More people start quitting their jobs. Less people are working. It's a cascade effect. The more people quit, the more people don't want to take on the extra work. They quit too. Cascade failure. How long until we feel this across the board? I think we're starting to. I went out and bought some groceries and it was insane how expensive it was. I'm not kidding you, man. We had some like four packs of deli meat. We had four packs of deli meat, five things of salami. We had some cheese, some club soda. The cart was not full. It was not like we filled a shopping cart. The cart was probably 20% full, 400 bucks. I couldn't believe it. It's crazy because I remember a year ago when we first came out here, we filled up a cart and when I saw it was $400, I was like, yikes. Wow, that's expensive. 400 bucks prices are going up. Prices are going up, man. I hope, you're, I hope you're watching. But I'll leave it there. People are starting to resist. We'll see how it plays out. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast Thanks for hanging out, and we'll see you all then. Last week, I'm sure you saw the news out of the Met Gala. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wearing her tax-the-rich dress As all of these celebrities who look like plastic wore ridiculous clothing that was supposed to represent some kind of fashion that no one will ever wear, none of them were wearing masks because the COVID rules are for the peasants, not for the rich celebrities. The people working at the event had masks on. Well, now the big story is the Emmys. At the Emmys, all the celebrities were packed in tight shoulder to shoulder, no masks, no care. And even Seth Rogen got up and said, why are we all not wearing masks and crammed in this tight place? (laughs) Because you're a moron. That's why the celebrities don't think very highly of the plebs. Now, the truth be told, they wouldn't be completely wrong. Now, you and I, we obviously get it. it's probably why you watch my videos. You're probably someone who is a critical thinker. Whether you agree with me or disagree with me, in fact, many disagree with me, specifically because we are critical thinkers and we don't always agree. But maybe where we do agree is on freedom and individual responsibility, liberty, classical liberalism, traditional liberalism even, which includes some social policies and some tax policies and social programs. But let's, let's talk about the reality. Are the celebrities wrong when they say rules for thee but not for me? Well, yes and no. You see, the celebrities understand how dumb a lot of people are and exploit that. We tend to not always see through the manipulations. Of course, we still get manipulated by grifters on uh, the the freedom side or the authoritarian side because that's just the reality. Some people are just out for themselves. But I want you to look at what I have on the screen for you. This image that you see, what do you think it is? All of these people holding their hands in the air, eyes closed, mm, testify. Look at this man right here. Look at that expression on his face. He's like, yes, I am clean. Is this a religious service, perhaps? Perhaps there is a famous priest or or maybe it's a, I don't know a whole lot about these people. Who's that guy? Joel Osteen. Is that his name? Am I getting it wrong? Maybe that's him saying, everybody, I want you to raise your hands for the Lord. And they hold up their hands and they say, yes, praise the Lord. No, my friends, this is a Kaiser Chiefs concert. Yeah, you know, the band, the Kaiser Chiefs. And he said, how many here have clean hands? And they raise their hands. And he says, how many here have Pfizer? And they go, "Yay!" how many here have Moderna? Yay! and let's hear it for the unvaxxed boo. It's a cult, my friends. It is a cult. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I went to Catholic school when I was little. And you know, the worst thing they made the children do is, well, they didn't make them do it, but you get to drink wine. Should kids be drinking wine? Okay, it's a sip of wine. It's no big deal. Well, what about eating those little wafer crackers? Okay, so that was the body and the blood of Christ. This was Holy Communion. I think I received it at second grade, and then, you know, uh, you, you go through the process to earn the right or whatever. Is it a big deal that a child gets a little bit of alcohol? Honestly, I would not want to be giving children a little bit of alcohol. I don't even like drinking alcohol myself. I don't really drink. I'll sip some, you know, fancy liquors or whatever, but I can't do it. I just don't like it. It's bad for you, right? But this is a religious practice, and let's be honest, a little bit of wine's not that big of a deal. What about getting an injection from a major pharmaceutical company? What about having people raise their hands and testify to the the medical product they have received from a massive multinational corporation? Look around this. Here's, Here's one guy who's like, he looks confused and his hands aren't up. Here's another guy. They're like, what's going on? This guy right down here, look at that face. He's like, Yes, I have clean hands. Wow. Let me play the video for you. It'll be a little, little hard to hear, but listen to this. Let see your hands again. are no, clean hands. Clean hands. I'm washing them. Let me hear it if you've had the Pfizer vaccine. <laughs> oh. Suzanne! <laughs> Save it for the anti-vaxxers!
1: Yeah, unbelievable!
3: This broad.
0: <laughs> hands in the air again!
3: You know you've got clean hands, I can see it's good.
2: We're
0: spraying you with gel of you see these people when they're like closing their eyes and holding their hands in the air? It's a religious ceremony. All right, us Amazing. Let me see your hands again. Clean hands. How many have the big corporations medication? Absolutely incredible. My friend, uh, friends, I give you the rules for thee, but not for me. You see, I remember growing up. When I was younger, I was told that when it came to organized religion, it was always the elites who were benefiting off of the ignorance of the masses. That that ignorant, scared people would believe these things. And then up top, you have the criminal uh, 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 leaders of the religion who are living wealthy, and they make you know. Even to this day, these leftists will look at uh, Austin—that's his name, right—and they'll be like. Look at his fancy cars and his jets and all that stuff. He's exploiting these people. And I'm like, well, you know, religion's uh, something else, huh? I mean, people have faith. They believe they have a worldview and they're entitled to do so. And that's true for these people. Now, here's the issue. When it comes to the ultra religious there, we're not in the era of the Inquisition. No one is coming to me and saying, you know, praise the Lord now or else take the body and blood of Christ or else. They're saying, okay, well, you know, I can't make you do it, but we'd like you to. You know, I'm friends with some people who are particularly religious, and they'll say, we want you to go to heaven. We want you to be saved. We want you to find, you know, peace and eternity and things like that. And it's your choice. We can lead you to the light, but we can't make you partake. These are the people who are saying, we want mandates. Everyone must join. Meanwhile, the celebrities are laughing reaping the millions upon millions doing their ridiculous movies and then laughing at you. It's so bad right now that not only do you have psychotic individuals raising their hands to testify for Pfizer, but you actually have celebrities openly acknowledging what they are doing and laughing about it. Oh, so this is Emmy so white, which is funny. That's criticism. I'll bring up for their own, basically them eating their own refuse. But here's the story from the daily mail outrage as hundreds of maskless celebrities pack into Emmy Awards ceremony with no social distancing and even Seth Rogen says there's way too many of us in this little room and they laugh it's funny ha ha ha, ha. because rich people can do whatever they want baby don't you know that by now viewers have slammed the emmys after hundreds of celebrities packed into the awards show without masks or social distancing, despite ongoing warnings in LA about COVID-19. While the Emmys was technically considered an outdoor event, the ceremony took place inside an enclosed tent. Ha! Good to be here at the Emmy Awards, Seth Rogen said. Let me start by saying there's way too many of us in this little room. What are we doing? They said this was outdoors. It's not. They lied to us. We're in a hermetically sealed tent right now. I wouldn't. I would not have come to this, Rogan said. Oh, but Rogan's spine is so thick. I mean, like it's it's so thick as in like the thickness of it is so so narrow and tiny and brittle that he stayed. Yo, if I was booked to speak at an event and it was like the cheese, the 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 uh, you know the cheese safety event, the the cheese awards. Big fan of uh, pepper jack cheese and Havarti is also delicious. And I showed up. And they said, don't worry, everybody will be served cheese, but it will all be sanitary and we will all be safe. And then they were feeding people food off the ground. I'd be like, yo, I'm not going to do this. I'm not putting my name off whatever it is they're doing with. This is nasty. Seth Rogen doesn't care. He cares enough to be like, isn't this crazy? Anyway, back to the show. Everyone laughs. They don't care. If they cared, they'd come into the room. They'd be like, hey, we're in a sealed tent. It's like, this is not legitimate we're leaving. If they were really scared of COVID, they would have walked in and said, yo, where's the ventilation? We're leaving. Yo, why isn't anybody wearing masks? No, because they don't care about it. As, as I always say, actions speak louder than words. When people say things like, I really want to do X, but I'm not going to. I'll be like, well, if you have the choice and you don't do it, you don't really want to do it. You can say whatever you want, but if you don't do it, you don't want it. Case in point is a story I always bring up. These people who would be like, I always wanted to travel the world and do journalism. And I'm like, so go do it. It's not expensive. You can get a plane ticket to Europe round trip for a couple hundred bucks. Oh, but I mean, oh, yeah, but, but what? Well, but, you know, I have a really nice place in Brooklyn that I don't want to leave. Okay. So when you say you want to do something, what you're really saying is I want a bunch of other things more than I want this. The comforts of modern living are greater than your desire for freedom, right? That's what I say to a lot of people too. And maybe a lot of you watching this, a lot of people will say to me, I don't want to rock the boat. don't want to risk my job. I can't afford to. That's right. Your modern living standard is more important than freedom. And I am not saying that as a point of derision. I am not saying that to insult Although, if you are insulted by that, perhaps you should think about what your values are. The point I'm saying is it's very, very simple. For instance, I've got an Android phone. I've had, an, I've had iPhones before. Actually, I, have, I, I buy iPhones and Androids because we, we do work on mobile, mobile tech and stuff. And I know full well what Foxconn does. I know that what Foxconn does is bad. I know the horrible conditions that the people there live in. I'm willing to admit that and then outright say, my desire to have the modern, the latest level of tech, is greater than my desire to stop what is happening at Foxconn Laboratories. By all means, I can say it's horrible. But if I were to say I want to stop what is happening at Foxconn, okay, the first and simplest thing I can do is stop buying products that, that source materials from Foxconn. I don't. Why? And I won't say I actively want this to stop. Now, the reality is it would be better if they weren't, if, if Foxconn was, was, was doing better. And I will say, there is, it, it's not as easy to say it's a one-for-one one ratio like you just immediately walk away. A lot of people have pointed out that in my debate with Jack Murphy over whether his son should play baseball because of the Vax mandates, I said something to the effect of when tyranny takes over, at least you can say your son played baseball. Jack's argument, and, I, and I'm not trying to oversimplify, but you, know, you should watch it on the, on the last Tim Kassira episode with, with Jack. His son has dedicated his life to baseball. He's great. He wants to play varsity, make it to college, go pro. But they're requiring vaccines in order to start playing, which means he's going to have to either choose to get the vax or not play. Jack said he can't take it away from his son. I said I would explain to my son exactly what's going on. Considering his son's 14, I'd leave a lot of the 99% of it up to, you know, if if it were my son, I'd say, you know what? Here's exactly what's happening. I explain it to him. You need to make a decision for yourself. However, the, the, the gist of the argument, Was basically, if our kids are being used as leverage against us, do we stop resisting just to make sure our kids have comfort and security? Or do we actively resist? My opinion is if you are unwilling to challenge tyrants, your children will inherit tyranny. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. that's eight seven seven six four six five three four seven. So why would I want them to have that? It's a it, it's tough, but it isn't so simple as to say you know uh, that there's a one for one answer like either walk away or don't. In this instance, you have a hard wall. Are you going to make your kid is the kid going to get vaccinated to play baseball or not? Now in Jack's circumstance, he's got a wife. The wife wants the kids to get vaccinated. In which case, he's going to have a legal battle. He's going to lose. So at this point, it seems like a rock and a hard place. Many people pointed out to me, they said, Tim, if you oppose tyranny, why don't you get off YouTube instead of producing things on YouTube? It's a fair point within reason, but it's not completely the same. Well, I will say there, there is a good reason to get off YouTube, and we've been actively working to do so. Notably, I've cut off half of the segments. I used to do six segments per day. I now do three. We do, a, we do a segment on TimCast.com where we can speak freely. And it was a smart decision. It was better for us in the long run. But there is something else to be said. In the instance of making your kid get a vaccine, that's a permanent decision. And it's a medical choice that should be left up to a doctor, not a high school baseball team. In this instance, I have a choice of, of seeding the battleground of the, of the culture war to the left on YouTube or actively standing here and providing a pathway for people to find facts and alternative sources of information that probably do a better job. I'm not a big fan of a lot of the crackpot, you know, fake news websites, and that includes the mainstream media. It's not the same. Certainly, there are people saying it is hypocritical not to get off YouTube, but the reality is most people would probably be like, you have to stay here because regular people get access to this information through YouTube, and if you leave, it's a a detriment to everybody playing baseball isn't that. Playing baseball is good, and I'm sure it's valuable for Jack's son, but in the end, he could choose any other sport anywhere else. In fact, take up skateboarding. I get it, though. At 14, you've dedicated your life to baseball. It's tough. They will use your children against you. So I talk about what does it mean to really want something? Well, I would prefer not to be on YouTube, not to be censored. So we have TimCast.com, the member section articles. We can write whatever the hell we want. It's fantastic. We've had Alex Jones and Steve Bannon and Matt Brainerd and many people talk about a ton of controversial things that would get you banned on YouTube. And we are, what we're basically doing is, for the people on YouTube, there is the bridge. You're on YouTube. You can only see their siloed information, but there is a pathway out. As for these celebrities, for them to come out here, they have proven something to all of us. They genuinely do not care about COVID. They do not fear COVID at all. Let's think about it apolitically, right? Looks like John Oliver standing right there in this photo. Let's imagine these people actively feared COVID. If they walked into this event with no masks, they'd say, I don't want to get COVID. I'm leaving. They're not doing that what they're actually doing is just sitting sitting around having a party and not caring. And they can laugh at Seth Rogen, but then what? Why is there a roof Rogen continued? It's more important that we have three chandeliers and we make sure we don't kill Eugene Levy tonight? That is that has been that is what's been decided? This is insane. I went from wiping my groceries to having Paul Bettany sneeze in my face. So that's a big week. If anyone's going to sneeze in my face, Paul, I want it to be you. Seth did you leave? Did you walk out? Did any of these celebrities quit? <laughs> Look at this. They're like, "Yay!" clapping and cheering for it because none of them actually care about COVID. I'm sure you do, though. Hundreds of celebrities gathered. Wonderful. A bunch of people on Twitter slapped back. Many who criticized the show pointed out the hypocrisy of COVID rules that apply to the average person, but don't seem to apply to multi-million-dollar celebrities, just as it was during the Met Gala. Which brings me back to the Met Gala. Ah, one story. We have this one from Lauder with Crowder. Did AOC's dress designer steal her design from a single mother? It sure as heck looks that way. It's not, not for sure, but you can see the tax the rich on AOC, which she put on the back of her dress. So she was constantly like spinning around and, you know, pointing her butt at the camera, which is also just a, I, I, don't, I don't get what she was trying to do, whatever. Here's, here's the original art that, that the woman says looks like they ripped off. Tax the rich the style the color looks very much the same on the dress very interesting now we don't know for sure that it was stolen but you don't just get an idea for writing tax the rich that way but you know sometimes people have similar ideas i wrote a song we published it and a lot of people are like tim ripped off this band or that band and i'm like i just wrote a song and i wrote the song a while ago so maybe it's just you know similar minds right they they uh, what's the what's the what's the saying I can't remember the saying, but people who uh, 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 share p- politics maybe think of the same ath- aesthetics or whatever. Here's the best part. Designer of AOC's Tax the Rich Met Gala Dress owes over 100000 in back taxes. Wow. Is this individual rich? Well, I don't know. I think, I think she may be like the fiance of some heir to some big fortune or something. But isn't it funny? AOC is like, tax the rich. And the one who made it? Owes a hundred grand in taxes? Okay, you want to go after Bezos? Bro, I am sitting here, I am cheering you on. I'm not I'm not a fan of Bezos or Amazon. It's terrible what they do. Mistreating their employees, massive multinational conglomerate, awful. Amazon sucks. So I do try to order from local stores and stuff, but admittedly I still use Amazon. Yeah. Yep, that's right. Because as much as I can complain about them, do I really want the end of Amazon. It's tough, isn't it? I want the convenience. These are the, these are the things you need to admit to yourself that I'm willing to admit, and it is tough. But I will say, it's not always one for one. We, we here at Timcast have dramatically reduced our reliance on Amazon, and we prefer to go to stores in person and actually support the people who work there more often. Plus, I don't want to wait around for Amazon. If I want a TV, I'll go buy it right now and have it in 20 minutes. Right? So Amazon sucks. But let's not talk about Bezos. He's not the only one you can complain about when it comes to taxes. What about this lady? Says she want to tax the rich, but she owes 100 k Rules for thee, but not for me. Isn't that how it works? And then finally, I'll come back to that "emmy so white thing. These are the people who push this stuff. These are the people who claim to be social justice warriors. They don't say that term, but you know. Here we are. Seth Rogen is one of the, mo- one of the nastiest and most vile human beings I have ever had the displeasure of seeing express ideas. What I mean by that is the dude goes on Twitter and it's just diarrhea coming out of his throat, blah, spraying all over people's faces. Now, sure, he's got funny movies, but see, this is the big issue. People seem to think that they know who someone is based off a movie. In fact, there are a lot of people who think they know who I am based off watching my videos. Truth be told, doing two, uh, four, <laughs> four and a half hours. Wow, I'd record four and a half hours every day of commentary, you probably get a good idea of how I act and who I am because I'm sitting there in that raw environment. Watching Seth Rogen in a movie like This Is The End is not who Seth Rogen is. And then when you see him on Twitter, you realize he's an asshole. Yeah, that's who he is. Emmy's so white. These are the people who come out and tell you, you must. And then what do they do? They do not. Seth can go on stage and complain all day and night about it, but he did nothing. You know what? I can respect him for at least speaking out. But ultimately, I think in the end, it's fake. It's all fake. It provides a good shield, doesn't it? Now, when people watch and they say, whoa, what is this? Nobody's wearing a mask. Come on. You know, everybody's sitting around. Nobody's no social distancing. And then they can go, yeah, well, Seth Rogen called him out. You know, he was saying it was bad. And I'm like, shouldn't they have left? Oh, they did not. Right. They didn't leave. They stayed had a good time. So, my friends, I want you to think about something when you see things like that. The elites who run this stuff are lying to you. And I want you to remember that there are people by the thousands standing there with the ha- their hands in the air, eyes closed, testifying to Pfizer. Pfizer, we love you. Amazing. The cult, isn't it? Now, I've certainly seen my share of Trump rallies. And I'll tell you this. There are many Trump supporters who are very culty as well. The only, the only difference, no institutional power, as I often say. So the left can come out and be like, the right is full of cult members. And I'll be like, I don't know. You can talk about those guys all you want. That ain't us. That's not the average person. That's not the majority of the people who voted for Trump in the first place. You know, I supported several Democrats in the primary. Then when they propped up Joe Biden, I was like, nope. So if you want to stand around shoulder to shoulder with no mask on, hands in the air, Pfizer, we love you. You go ahead and do it all on your own. I'm gonna be a sane, rational human being and go over there. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Next segment's coming up at four PM over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you then. There is no southern US border anymore. I mean, literally there is a place we call the border, and there's a place where our jurisdiction ends. But illegal immigrants have been not only crossing in waves by the thousands. They've actually been crossing back and forth as if there is no border. Now, the Democrats have tried to use an infrastructure bill, as they've been, to give a pathway to citizenship, which says to me that not only is there no southern U.S. border, as Border Patrol agents on horseback desperately try to stop the wave of illegal immigrants coming in, which they're failing at, no disrespect, they're just not able to stop this, The Democrats are trying to give pathways to citizenship to many of these people who come in illegally. Well, we got a weird story with all this. The Senate parliamentarian says you can't do this. It violates the rules. And I'm just like, you know what, man? There is so much wrong. Our government is so insanely dysfunctional. I would go on to be like, my friends, the empire has fallen. It fell already. It's just like when you see a supernova, when when a star goes supernova, you don't see it right away. It takes a long time for that light to finally make it to Earth. And so then one day, I think it was like in the 1700s, there's a big supernova in the sky. And people are like, what could that be? It probably took place millions upon millions and millions of years ago. And we are only finally seeing that light reach us. So the physical effect and everything we're seeing Long since gone, when it comes to the US and what's happening with Democrats trying to use infrastructure bills to bypass legislation, I'm like, yo, let's talk about the state of the republic. How about that? Tens of thousands of illegal uh, immigrants going back and forth as if there's no border. Border patrol agents literally on horseback with looks like he's got a lasso or something and he's trying to wrangle. This is insane. So the border is crumbling. You've got Joe Biden coming out, talking about mandates, completely excluding the Republican states. When Joe Biden went on TV and said our patience is wearing thin, he was specifically talking to red states. Why? Blue states are substantially more likely to be vaccinated. Red states are not. So when he says we are losing our patience, he's talking about with you in the not blue states. Well, I guess there's still a lot of people in the blue states who aren't vaccinated, maybe conservative, but you can see he's not, he's not a unifying president. Take all this into consideration. And now let's talk about the current state of the republic. While the border has become completely porous, you have states like California, sanctuary states, as it were, that allow people to come across the border and in some instances even get free government services. Well, you know how Congress works? When the census happens, they track how many people live there not how many citizens. So it doesn't matter if you vote. You see, this is, this is one of the issues, I actually will state, with the Electoral College, an exploit being put in place by California. The Electoral College is not about popular vote, as you know, or, or the presidential election. It's not about popular vote. So here's what happens. California, I think it was according to the Center for Immigration Studies, it might have been Heritage Foundation, said that they get one extra electoral vote and one extra congressional seat because of how many illegal immigrants they have living in their state. This has been a long time coming when California it get, gets disproportional power in the federal government over other states and then votes to ban your guns and things like that because they're letting non-citizens in. The census then calculates them and gives California more congressional power. They are exploiting the system. My friends, the republic is falling. A republic if you can't keep it. So here we are, the Democrats unable to pass legislation, and that's a good thing they can't. It's a good thing we're deadlocked in Congress. It is. Let me explain. We, this, this nation was founded on some very, very brilliant uh, uh, um, principles. Uh, the, the structure itself is, is, is remarkable. Three branches, checks and balances. Well, when Congress is split and can't pass bills, it's a good thing. It means that they need to compromise with other parts of the country to come to some kind of position where we can all agree. If the Democrats can't get what they want, well, then so be it. You need cooperation from red states. And then these leftists come out and say, but they're a minority. Exactly. The founding fathers knew two very important things. I think it was Benjamin Franklin who said, democracy is two wolves and a lamb voting on what's for lunch. Republic is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. And that's the well-armed lamb contesting the vote. The reason why we do allow for minority opposition is to prevent collapse of the republic, because if you have 40 percent consistently being shoved out of the conversation, eventually they say we're going to walk and go do something on our own and then you lose out, which means there must be minority representation. California used to be one of these desolate states that had disproportionate representation, and then they became massively populated, and now they have disproportionate (laughs) representation based on the illegal immigration they allow. Here's the current state of the republic. The Democrats, knowing they have no ability to pass any of these bills without compromise, which they should be doing, have decided to use infrastructure as a way to bypass this, notably giving citizenship to non-citizens through an infrastructure bill. Well, here's another place where there's a broken system. The Senate parliamentarian can just be like, you are not allowed to vote on this. Therein lies the problem. Who is this Senate parliamentarian, the Senate's nonpartisan interpreter of rules, who is allowed to strike down legislation? At the same time, who are the Democrats to try and manipulate bypassing what would be what would effectively be a quorum? They need sixty votes to pass the fil- to bypass the filibuster by using this manipulation t- tactic. Okay, well they failed in this regard, and so maybe the Senate parliamentarian is doing something right. But let's talk about the current state of executive decree. You know, it's really weird that the people claiming to uh, uh, the, the people that are supporting government mandates are claiming to be anti-authoritarian. It's 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 just these people have. No mirrors in their homes. They can't understand. It's like, do you know what authoritarian means? And when you're like, the, the sovereign has decreed, we're anti fascist. I'm like, uh, you should probably check the definitions on those things because I don't think, uh, you, you know, you, or what's the line? You keep on using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. That's where we're at. The other uh, uh, part of the current state of the crumbling American empire, the republic, is that Joe Biden simply decrees. And then says, peasants, if you are negatively impacted by my decree, perhaps you can attempt to complain to the courts. So the, so, so the new rules never actually go through Congress. Joe Biden just simply, here's what happened. Joe Biden was like, eviction moratorium. All of a sudden, everyone's like, I can't evict people. Supreme Court gets involved and says, uh, President Biden, you, what you did is illegal. You cannot do this. We are hereby voiding your eviction moratorium. It must go through Congress. So Joe Biden goes to Congress and he's like, guys, can you guys pass a bill to make it so that people can't be evicted? Well, Republicans and even many Democrats were like, that would effectively be the state seizing private property. So no, we're not going to do that. So Joe Biden goes, well, if Congress won't do it, I'll bang the gavel and rule by decree, instituting another eviction moratorium, bypassing the Supreme Court and the legislature, and he already bypassed the legislature once. And what happens? The Democrats celebrate. We're anti-authoritarian, but it's good that the sovereign has decreed for our rules. Only those withstanding are allowed to challenge that. And so they sue. And the Supreme Court said, hey, Biden, we already told you you couldn't do this. And you went, oh, OK. So here's where we are. The president imposes an executive order everyone must follow. There's a video of a nurse, and she's saying something like, uh, my boss told me, look, Joe Biden came and made a, made a decision, so we have to follow it. And it's like, no, you don't. That's not how this country works. It's not how it's ever worked. But people have given up, and that's it. They've got it. I can say, at least fortunately, the Democrats weren't able to uh, use a spending bill to legislate, at least in this capacity, but they're still going to do it anyway. When the Democrats across the board are breaking our system of government when they are cheering for a broken and porous border where people are freely walking back and forth between. I think it's time you realize something, my friends, if a person can walk across the border back and forth, effectively, there is no border. And if there is no border, then you basically don't have a country. because where does your jurisdiction begin and end? If people can just freely walk into your country without being w- without any regard for the law, without any regard for specific jurisdictions, places like Texas for instance, for instance, and for government spending and taxation. If the citizenry are paying taxes for specific services, defense, uh, in some instances, health, you know, Medicaid and stuff like that. and for border protection, and it's not being taken care of. This is just it's crumbling. So just consider this rule by decree from the president bypassing the courts on the three occasions in the past couple of months. Democrats trying to bypass uh, congressional uh, limitations by using spending bills for our budget to in- institute legislation bypassing any kind of compromise. And three, a broken border at well, then on top of that, let's just take a look at, you know, the Afghanistan failures. Let's take a look at critical race theory in government. At what point do you just finally say, hmm, it looks like this country is gone? Yeah. One story I covered, and you have to go back to pull up all that data. 37.2% of the, America, of, of the American population wants their specific region to secede from the union. It varies from place to place. So there's five regions. And in the Pacific region, for instance, which is, uh, I think it's Alaska, California, Oregon, Washington, and Hawaii, which I don't think is fair because Alaska and Hawaii shouldn't be there. Uh, it's like forty-seven percent of Democrats that want to secede from the union. If you did California, Oregon, and Washington, I'm sure it would be like seventy percent. The South, Southern states, it's like I think sixty-six percent Republican want uh, want to secede from the union, and there's predominantly Republicans in the area. And on the West Coast, it's predominantly Democrats, which means it's probably disproportionate in that. If you were to go by individual, not by political party, I'd be willing to bet the the West Coast is like 60% secede and the South is like 70% secede. This country is about to break apart. Let me show you the video, my friend. Shocking video. Bill Malugan, breaking. I am absolutely stunned by what I am witnessing right now. We are on a boat in the Rio Grande near the Del Rio International Bridge, and we are watching as masses of hundreds of migrants walk across the river from Mexico and stream into the U.S. illegally. It's crazy. Uh, it's crazy not just because of these videos of hundreds of migrants. It's crazy because they're going back. I don't know if YouTube would allow me to show you the photos of the, of the border agents on horseback with like, looks like a lasso or something. And they're trying to catch these people. You know what? Let's just pull it up. If we get, if we get taken down, we get taken down. Welcome to the, welcome to the real world. Border agents on horseback round up Haitian migrants after closing Rio Grande Crossing, where 15,000 have congregated under a Texas bridge. More than 300 arrive back in Haiti as up to eight flights a day are scheduled to deal with the crisis. Do you think we can sustain ferrying all of these people on planes back to Haiti as they just continue to pour in? I don't think so. I think it's only getting worse. Wait till you see these photographs. These photographs. They say Mexico border, where nearly 15,000 migrants set up camps as they waited to enter the country. I'm sorry. More than 300 Haitians have returned Sunday. More than half of the 327 Haitians that were deported on Sunday were under the age of five and were born abroad, according to AFP. I said they were forced to sleep on the floor, plastic tarps, as they were being processed. Forced to? You mean chose to? These people are coming here by choice. Do they expect that we are going to open up the Ritz-Carlton for them once they arrive? No, the U.S. is just our resources, our time and our energy. It's being exploited. It is crumbling before our very eyes. And don't get me wrong. You know, I can sit here and complain about how the, the threat of China, but their Evergrande real estate market is, is crumbling and their economy is in shambles. The global economy is about to burst. So what did I do? I don't know. I bought Bitcoin, I guess. Take a look at this. I don't know what this is. Not a lasso or something, but he's swinging. Look, this is crazy. Look at this photo. The guy, you can't see his eyes, got the head. It's like out of a movie. On horseback, here's a dude. Look what they're carrying. These people are carrying takeout. No joke. This guy has a bag of takeout. It's it's like a styrofoam food carrier as the border agents are trying to to stop them. These these photos are insane. Look at this. They're carrying food. And so so uh, they're grab, you know, the, the photo just says the border agents are grabbing the migrants. What we heard is that these people, because they couldn't buy food living under a bridge, would just go back to Mexico, buy food, and then bring it back. And that's, there's no border, my friend. There's just none. Here's people being stopped by border agents on horseback. Here's the guy, you know, they're trying to catch him. And he's, <laughs> a lot of them are carrying uh, personal belongings, it looks like. But look at some of these bags. It's just, it's food, food and drinks. They're going back to Mexico, getting food and drinks, and bringing them back. And I'll tell you, Border Patrol is now hiring civilians to help agents respond to the migrant surge. Well, certain sects of the Libertarian Party are probably celebrating. I've had a conversation with many Libertarians, like the big L party Libertarians, who are like, do you believe in borders? And I was like, yes, because if you don't have borders, then you have no country. And they said, so you think an imaginary line just separates people? They should be allowed to— listen. Yes, I do. Like the imaginary line of my property. Stupidest argument. I'm sorry. When they're like, it's just an imaginary line. People should be allowed to go and do what they want. I'm like, yeah, to varying degrees, perhaps. But it's an imaginary line keeping you off of my property and outside of my house. There's what? Well, you have a physical door. Well, what if my door is open? Because it's a beautiful summer, a beautiful spring day. And I decided to let fresh air come in. Are you now allowed to cross the threshold into my home? No. And you know what the left and these libertarians have in common is when they say things like, uh, you know, private property is different or, oh, no, well, you have a right to your house, but a country is different. And I'm like, dude, the country, it's a community of people who agree on a set of values and rules to abide by. In the United States, for better or for worse, the libertarians don't like this one, but we pay taxes. So if I'm paying taxes for border security and for, for sanctuary within the borders of this country, I expect that to be upheld. When our borders break and we're paying money to maintain this border security and now it's broken, the system is breaking. When the, when the, when the politicians can no longer, no, no longer uh, function properly, when our, when our Congress, executive branch and Supreme Court have gone completely dysfunctional, I'm like, yo,
3: That's hollywoodtakeover.com slash T-I-M.
0: Hope you're ready for what comes next. It's entirely possible. A strong man comes in in 2024. Perhaps it's an older, wiser, and thinner Donald Trump. We've all seen that photo of him losing weight. And maybe he then forces everything back into alignment. Or maybe he comes in attempting to force it back into alignment. And the left goes insane because they're weird cultist authoritarians and they just destroy everything. I'll put it this way. It's like a Jenga tower, you know, and at a certain point when the Supreme Court can't enforce its own orders against the president, he ignores them. When the legislature tries to bypass the system of governance created in the Constitution by just using spending bills as to, to bypass legislation, then we're falling apart. When the borders are completely porous When half the country hates the other half. When we have two very distinct cultural identities. I went to a bar the other day. Uh, It was at a bar. It was like a lounge. Um, And, uh, you know, I was hanging out. And I was talking to a local. Someone recognized me and they're like, oh, yeah, we were talking. And I was saying how, you know, I lived in the Philly area and decided to move out to West Virginia because it's just, it just, there's more stuff. I, I like the way people live here. And it was fascinating. You know, the the guy was mentioning to me that he did the same thing that, you know, you live in these urban environments and you realize how insane everyone's gone. So you want to come out here. Now, the big risk is, as we point out, people from blue areas complaining about blue areas coming into these areas and then voting for blue policies, which I will not do. Uh, I'd either not vote or I would just vote for, you know, hey, you you know, keep it the way it is, I suppose it's nice. I thought about something, you know, out here in West Virginia. It's not a bunch of right-wing nut jobs. It's the craziest thing. I mean, the media would tell you that. out here, it's strangely a lot of moderate libertarian types, meaning, "Leave me alone, let me do my thing. I'll leave you alone yet let you do your thing." We believe in certain traditional values, but we're also pretty relaxed and want you to be happy and live your life, like the Constitution says. And that's when or the Declaration and the Constitution and the founding Fathers. When you go back. And look at the ideas of uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, classical liberalism. That's what it was. We had freedom of religion. You basically had a bunch of people who were Christians who believed this nation was protected by God telling people they could worship whoever they wanted. It was presumed they would worship, you know, God and for the most part be Christian. But they also created space saying like, look, even if you're not, we want you to be able to live your life and be happy. And so it's amazing when you come to somewhere like West Virginia and the people out here are like. I'll say what I want to say. I'll do what I want to do so long as I don't violate your rights, meaning I'm not going to attack you. I'm not going to infringe on your property. I'm going to mind my own business. And it's really weird that I can talk to people and they're not far right. They're not anti-establishment. They're not anti-government. They're just basically like live and let live. It's the craziest thing. They oppose vax mandates. They oppose mask mandates. Not everybody. It was really funny. I went to the casino this weekend and there's a guy wearing a mask. And I'm like, the crazy thing is the casino actually bans masks. Some people still want to wear them and the casino lets them do it. That's West Virginia for you. I'll tell you one of the craziest things in Texas. There was a restaurant that kicked people out because they were wearing masks. And I'm like, that's dumb. If somebody wants to wear a mask, I don't care. Now, to be fair, if somebody comes into my business wearing a mask, You know, the funny thing is it used to be the presumption was like, why are you wearing a mask in my establishment? Take the mask off because robbery. So I can understand that in Texas. It's like, dude, you can't wear masks in here. We need to be able to see your face because we don't want to be victims of crimes. They make it seem like it's about the pandemic or whatever. Now, to some extent, I'd be like, whatever, whatever. But the point is, I bring it up just to show there are two distinct cultures in this country that cannot coexist. There are people on the left that would say that you and I are radicalized. Interesting. Interesting radicalized. What does that mean? Well, my belief structure, my principles and my values are based upon the several hundred years of American governance and the improvements made to this country over a long period of time. I believe the founding fathers had a lot of bad things about them, but they were products of their time. We criticized those things. They were really bad. Slavery was abhorrent. It's an evil. And we destroyed it. We actually fought a war, a very bloody war over it. So you can see that over time, this country became fantastic. Well, I believe in those values. I would like them to persist because it created one of the most tolerant countries on the planet in the history of mankind. But then there's another problem. The tolerance also created a large sect, half the country at this point, of authoritarians. You let evil fester for too long, and this is what you get. And then the republic becomes threatened. So where does that leave us? I will tell you again. If people can cross back and forth from the border with that, with, without impedance, there's no border. It's a crossing the street. Do we say there's a hard border? You can't cross? No, you can cross the street back and forth. We don't call it a border. We call it a street. So what? It's just a river. People are walking back and forth for carryout. Congress is broken. Senate's broken. The presidency is broken. And here you go, my friends. There's no border. That means there's no country. Maybe in 2022, something will change please, as if Republicans would do anything. Sorry for being so pessimistic, but maybe if we get some populist Republicans in, things might change. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. I'll see you then. Thanks for hanging out.